What's up, everybody? How you doing? How you living? Austin Cunningham and Justin Treese coming to you with a full rundown today on Talking Football. We're going to go over two divisions today, the AFC and the NFC West on the free agency possibilities that we see players fitting in those teams and those franchises. Plenty of around the laces to go. But first, we got to start with Tree Sivia and my man, Justin Trees. Are we ready for today? We are ready for today. All right. Austin, first up, how was your weekend, bud? We hadn't, we honestly haven't really talked since last episode. I think this is like the longest we went without like having full conversations. There's like random texts here and there, but not like a full conversation. So how are you? I'm, I'm good. Uh, I'm pretty fucking sore. Uh, very sore, actually. My lower back is tighter than whatever you want to say is tight. My back might be tighter than, um, Wherever your mind went there, that's on you. That's on me. I wasn't going in any direction. I wasn't meaning anything in particular. So wherever your mind went, that's on you, bub, not me. So playing alumni basketball tournament this weekend with my high school classmates and some of the older guys, and I was not prepared for it. I was not in shape for it. And physically conditioned was something I can laugh at myself about because Easiest shots, I missed them. The hardest shots, I don't even know why I tried them, but I did. And I went out there and did what I was able to do. I wouldn't call it my best because I don't think I'm anywhere near best. <laughs> like that's that's far off. So I am super sore. I am tired, but man, I'm feeling good. Did radio Saturday, made a crazy $10,000 bet that I have to compete by the end of the year. I also made another bet that I have to make before May 1st, or I have to shave my entire beard and have only a mustache for a month. Now, if you follow me and you know what I look like, or at least seen my Twitter, AB, you know that I have a full beard on my face. My face has not been clean shaven, or this beard has not, not been on my face since the summer of 2016. It's four years this summer, boys and gals. I cannot lose this bet. This bet is me to run under 5 second 40. And then the $10,000 bet is if I can miraculously hit a 4-7 by the end of the year. And here's the deal. We're going to make it happen. So that's the good news. We're going to make it happen, and you're not going to have to shave off that face. And you might get a little money in your pocket. So that's going to be fantastic news for you. Uh, All right, let's just get into this then, shall we? Yes, so, sir. In the in the last decade, so 2010 to 2019, who were the five leading passers in the NFL? The top five leading passers? Correct. Okay, Drew Brees. Yep, he's number one. Okay, uh, Ben Roethlisberger. He is not in the top five. Wow. Uh, Jameis Winston. I know he has. It's only been, but he throws a ton. Of, Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers is number three. Okay. Um, let's go with Matthew Stafford. He's number five. So you have one, three, and five now. Okay. Let me write these down. Okay, one, three, and five. Who's another quarterback that's plays throws for a ton of yards? Tom Brady. Good job. You now have one, three, four, and five. Okay, so number two. Who's another guy who's been playing in the league? No way. Was it Andrew Luck? No, it was not Andrew Luck. That's actually a really good guess, though. Peyton Manning? No, he retired five years ago. Um, 
trying to think of another quarterback that has just consistently been throwing for yards in the NFL. Um, an older quarterback, of course. No way Cam Newton's in that conversation. Nope. Nope. I'm trying to think. If Derek Carr. No. No. Okay. Aaron Rodgers, duh. Nope. Really? Too many, in- too many injuries for him. Wow. Okay, so I've gone AFC North. Big Ben was not up there. No way it's Andy Dalton. No way it's Andy Dalton, right? No. No. Okay. When you don't shake your face, I'm like, I mean, that's supposed to mean I guess again. Uh, <laughs> no. No. Russell it's not. Wilson? Nope. Okay. And it's clearly someone still starting, correct? Yes. And so you're I feel gonna, like it. You're gonna hate yourself when you finally guess it. Because you should know this. Someone's gonna be screaming at me right now. Yeah. Somebody. Somebody is yelling at their radio whatever wherever they're listening to this their phone whatever yelling this name what in the world matt ryan boom there you go wow matty ice all right so drew Brees, matt ryan philip rivers tom brady matthew stafford dang that's a pretty good list it is a good list good decade for those guys now the other crazy part is the way that all of these guys are viewed differently while all being in the top five. Yeah, for sure. So the there's a big drop off. So Drew Brees is like just under forty seven or yeah, just under forty seven thousand yards. Um and then Brady is just under forty three thousand yards. So like they're within like three to four thousand. But then the drop off to five, which is Matthew Stafford, is like five thousand yards because he's at just just under 39,000 yards. And this is, of course, including playoffs, right? Yes. Okay. Dang, Matthew Stafford's up there and not even being in the playoffs. Yeah. Just imagine if he was in the playoffs every year. Yeah. Imagine if he, and the couple times that they did make it, they won. Yep. Hate to see it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Moving on to the Who Am I? All right. I was the – sorry, are you ready? I'm ready, man. I got pen and paper this time too, so be proud. I was the 2010 runner-up for the Blitnikoff Award. I lost to Oklahoma State, Justin Blackman. I went to an SEC school. I am currently on my second NFL team. And people are speculating that I am not going to be on this team come this next season. Okay. And that's it. So they've been on. So runner up to Justin Blackman. They went to an SEC school. They've played for two NFL teams. They have been on two NFL teams, and it is believed to be he'll be on his third. In this upcoming season. Okay. So. Hmm. Okay. I'm trying to think. SEC receiver that's in the NFL. That's pretty good. 
quite a bit of them. Quite a bit. <laughs> so think about this, though, right? Like, same year as Justin Blackman, who were the receivers that were really up there in the draft? See, that's where this is hard for me to remember because I was graduating eighth grade in 2010. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. So these older guys here, I'm kind of kind of going back and forth on. Do you want one more hint? Yeah, might, one more hint. Might you. give it away, but that's all right. I play in the NFC East currently. I don't feel like that helped me at all. Um, okay, so Cowboys. Amari Cooper? No, he wasn't drafted in 2010. He was not. I'm pretty sure he was in about 10th grade with you. <laughs> Deshaun Jackson? Nope. He, Deshaun Jackson's actually too young or too old for this. Okay. So we got the Cowboys and the Eagles. We got the Giants. There ain't nobody there. Wait, is it Tate? It's not Tate. So then we're stuck with the Redskins. No, I mean, sure, if that's the route you want to go. There's more than one wide receiver on every team, but yeah. No, no, there's none. Alshon Jeffrey. There you go. He was 2010. I didn't realize he was that old. So, yeah. You got to remember, he was, on, he was on the Bears for three years, four years, and now been on – uh, Eagle, so like, yeah, four years, right? Four years and then it's been on the, yeah, five years. Yeah, that makes sense. He had to be, he had to have been with the Eagles or with the, the Bears for more than four years. He, he probably did get a second contract there and I'm just being stupid. He, he probably is. So still the holy cow. What school did he go to? South Carolina. They are an SEC school. Thank you. Thank you for letting me know that. <laughs> it's more just a reminder of myself. Wow, that's pretty neat, though. I didn't realize he was a, a runner-up or that well-renowned of a receiver coming out of college. Yeah. So, yes, he – yep. So, he was with the Bears for five years, and he's been with the Eagles three years. And, yep. Yep. Okay. So, all right, cool. There you go. That's it for today. Good game. Yep. You did great. Again, you're doing better at not guessing the entire NFL rosters before you uh, get the right answer, so that's always good. It's progress. Hey, uh, <laughs> thanks, everyone, for listening. We appreciate it. And today, nah, I'm just kidding. Uh, let's go ahead and get into Around the Laces here, actually. New CBA is out. We are expecting mass moves the day it is announced. With players signing elsewhere in free agency, Sharice, I feel like you got more of a better way of how you're wanting to do this, huh? Yeah, for sure. He's trying to read off like just notes of what we're going to talk about. And he's like, what? No, so the CBA is not signed, obviously. They're voting on it tomorrow. But I believe that there's not been as many moves because a lot of teams are waiting for the new CBA. So the moment they find out if either, one, the CBA is signed, or two, it's officially not going to be signed. I would expect mass movement from all these teams. I think there's a ton of players that have not been released or not been signed because of this. So 
tomorrow when most likely it's announced that they did not sign, it did not pass because I don't think tomorrow it's tomorrow or as in today for everyone listening. Today for those who are listening, okay. um, I believe you're going to see a whole bunch of people released over Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of this week. If it is signed. Either way. Either way. Wow. Okay. I think that, but I think it, they're, I think especially if it's not signed, I think that a lot of teams are just waiting to see if that's smart financially to release players or not. Yep. Uh, so with the CBA, they sent out a memo to the players of the CBA agreement that is 450 pages long for the players to read and then vote upon. That is nuts. Yeah. You were expecting all of these players to make this make this decision by reading 450 pages. Do you really think they're going to read 450 or you think they're going to give it to someone and say, read it for me, tell me what it says, and then I'll make my decision? I mean, yeah, they probably will have somebody say, just take, you know, little, you know, tidbits of every page to let me know, like, what it actually says, sure. But, I mean, they really do have to probably read all of this. This is the next 10 years. Like, this is their future and the players that are coming up's future, like, they have a responsibility to make that right decision, and if you want to read 450 pages or not, you kind of need to do that. Yeah. Boy, that's tough. You'd hate to hate to be in that position. I mean, you'd love to be in that position because you're in the NFL, so clearly you're making a deal for the next 10 years. But, yikes. Hopefully everything goes well and everyone ends up with what they want. It's probably not going to happen because that's just how negotiations work. But let's go ahead and move on into this next round of the NFL or around the laces, excuse me. And we got people being released and re-signed here. Uh, the Raiders released Taylor Whitehead, saving them $6.2.5 million. Pretty impressive chunk of change there, especially at a position that they kind of need. So to move on from a player getting this amount of money, you kind of sit in there question yourself, what are you planning on doing here? Yeah. I mean, maybe showing their cards a little bit on what they want to do with one of their first two round picks. But, hey, uh, I mean, like you said, that's a good amount of money to save. So good choice on their part, in my opinion. Uh, the big one is Tremaine Johnson for the Jets. Big signing uh, from the Rams uh, a few years ago. They are releasing him. To, and they will save $3 million. But it is a $12 million cap hit. That is a huge number to just eat, especially at the cornerback position. Usually you only see that at, like, quarterbacks, like, where it's just, ah, made the wrong choice. It's fine. We got to do what we got to do. I just don't know why you'd want to move on from him. He's not a bad player. He was, like, a healthy scratch. He was a healthy scratch multiple times last year because he was so bad. Which is – this is the guy they signed from the Rams, correct? Yeah. I guess I wasn't realizing that they had him on a healthy scratch. So that's a great look here for me. <laughs> um, but damn, to take a $12 million cap hit. It's a hard pill to swallow. Like, they must really just not want him there if they're willing to eat $12 million. Given the Jets are in very good situation of this is the year to just eat it if you want because you have so much cap space. Like, just do it. But still. Like, they must – like, nobody must have wanted him. Like, you couldn't even get a seventh-round pick to have somebody take on that contract. 
And clearly nobody wanted interest in that. Hate to see it. Next, Josh Norman signing a $6 million deal with the Buffalo Bills. Good move or bad move by the Bills there, Trees? Kind of what are your thoughts here on if you like this? I mean, this is something we kind of discussed before, isn't it? Yeah, we did discuss this on if we thought it was going to be a good deal or not, idea or not. I was on the side of saying, no, it wasn't. I was saying that, like, because of his ego, I don't know if that would be good, No, like, him coming in and being maybe the number two cornerback, most likely number three on that team. You then came back with some valid points of maybe he just needs that to not be the guy and then, you know, come back and, you know, grow. But to me, I, I just don't know. But Doug McDermott clearly has a plan. I trust that guy when it comes to defense. So I'm not going to say it's a bad choice. I'm just going to say it's a surprising choice and one I probably wouldn't have made. Yeah. I mean, it might be nice for him, kind of like I mentioned before, for him not to be in a position to be a number one corner and be attacked the entire game and give up big plays. Like maybe it's going to be nice to be a number two corner opposite side of the field and going, hey, if you look this way, good luck, because I'm going to be ready for a couple of these plays here. But over and over and over, I'm probably going to get beat at some point. But, man, with the way the Buffalo Bills defense is and the way that defensive line is getting built, there might not much be time for quarterbacks to kind of sit in the pocket anyways and make a throw. And that's going to be easier on the secondary as well to make reads and, you know, get interceptions and cover down the field. Uh, let's go ahead and go into our next one. Trent Williams, pretty much demanding a trade at this point. Possible teams that are going to be wanting a tackle who's getting a little older in his career and now wants to be one of the highest paid, if not the highest paid tackle in the league. Thinking of potential landing spots, it goes, what team needs our offensive linemen and has the money to do it? It's a team we just kind of talked about, the New York Jets. Is this a guy that they go they go after, or is this a bad situation for Trent Williams as well? He went from one crappy medical staff to maybe a, a sam, similar situation in New York because they just had an issue with one of their former offensive linemen last year as well with, with a, a hurt shoulder. Yeah. So if you're Trent Williams, would you even want to go to the Jets? Like, do you want more money or do you want to be in a good organization that's going to treat you right? That's going to be kind of a decision where he's probably going to be forced to make here in the next couple of weeks. For sure. Uh, and I did think the Jets as well. And I, I know a lot of people want to think that they could probably get a second round pick out of him. But with everything that's gone on, I don't think that they could get a second round pick out of him. I think it's probably more of a third round pick. So maybe the Jets trade pick 68 to Washington for Trent Williams. Probably a win-win for both teams. Uh, Jets are probably like, nice. I get to keep first and second rounders. Washington's probably like, hey, we got a top three round pick. Plus we got him just gone. Like let's try to clean, you know, clean house and start over basically. Um, if he, if somebody does want to give up that second round pick, then it will be a little bit more interesting on where he could end up for sure. Um, there's a lot of teams that need offensive linemen, obviously, and maybe somebody's willing to give up a later round, second round pick. But I just don't think you're going to get like a top 40 pick or something like that. I just don't – or 45 pick. I just don't see that happening. That's the beauty of the NFL. We never know what you're going to freaking get or what's going to happen. And also this- true. Man, this next couple weeks are going to be nuts. Yeah. On just the amount of money that's being dropped. Players that you probably weren't even thinking about getting released are now released or in the market. 
We still don't have any idea where Tom Brady's at. A name that no one's really talking about and has a somewhat of maybe a very, 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 very slim opportunity of getting back in the league, Antonio Brown. I saw in reports today that he's only going to go where Tom Brady is or Tom Brady only wants to go. He wants to make sure they end up on the same team, which would be deadly for anybody if that happens and Antonio Brown can stay out of trouble or just stop shooting himself in the foot, you know, figuratively or literally if it does get to that point. <laughs> but, I mean, just – Damn, that's it's just the crazy part of it. And then speaking of another crazy aspect, Austin Eckler gets signed to a four-year, twenty-five million-dollar deal with the Chargers to stay there. A guy who we've kind of started to fall in love with with his workout videos. I mean, this dude does a jumping lunge and jumps higher than I can off my two freaking feet. So that's embarrassing. Four-seven, here I come. But when you see this deal and you see this happen, is that pretty much in your mind steal that Melvin Gordon's going elsewhere? Uh, yeah, to me it is. I think this running back class is too deep that they're willing to have a rookie. Plus, they still like uh, Justin Jackson there. So, yep. like, going with a three-headed monster and just saying, hey, Eckler, we're probably going to be in passing situations a lot and playing out of the shotgun. That's where you thrived. So, yeah, you're going to be the guy. I, I honestly don't see Melvin Gordon coming back. Even if he realizes that he's not going to get as much and then he comes back. They may chargers may have already moved on and just said, Hey, we know what we're doing and you're just not part of our plan right now. Um, I mean, a guy like cam acres from Florida state would be a great fit for the chargers. Bring him in. You got Eckler, you got Justin Jackson, have a three headed combo. I really like that. Yeah. And I mean, especially if you're going to be having a new rookie quarterback, which kind of seems to be the direction they might be heading unless they just surprisingly sign a veteran quarterback this offseason, which is another huge possibility. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, it sounds like they're probably going to go with Tyrod Taylor this year. You think they're just going to stick with Tyrod? Yeah, I read that report the, uh, on Sunday that they're they're really feeling very confident with him. Given, I mean, that can all be talk, right? Like, it's right before free agency and the draft. You can be throwing smoke and mirrors all you want. Um, but also, at the same time... If they didn't believe in him, they probably would have released him and let uh, – what's the kid from South Dakota State's name? Uh, Easton. Easton, yeah. Easton Stick. Easton Stick. Easton Stick, thank you. Um, I almost said Jacob Easton. I'm like, nope, <laughs> not, the, not the same guy. Um, they might draft him, though. They may. Uh, but I was like, they for how good Easton Stick was in preseason, if they didn't feel like Tyrod could be the guy, they probably would have found a way to trade him last year. Because there was teams looking for um, vet quarterbacks before the season started, you know. So um, <clears throat> I could see them going that route, and I could see them trying to just see what happens, and if it doesn't go go ha- hard after a quarterback next year's draft. Yeah. Awesome. So speaking of quarterbacks, and this one not in the draft. We saw Tony Romo get a seventeen million dollar deal with CBS. Right now, it looks like a one year deal. But depending on the new CBA and TV deals, it can easily go to a three-year to a 10-year deal where you get $17 million a year, $1 million a week for the games. That is ridiculous. That is outrageous. That's great numbers, awesome numbers. I would love to be making that much money at some point. Well, when you're good at what you do, that's what you're going to get. And speaking of someone that everyone thinks would be good at what they do here and would be good at the booth, Peyton Manning, 18 or 20, 18 to $20 million is kind of the range. I heard $20 million 
straight up a year for Peyton Manning to go in the Monday night football booth with a potential trade for Al Michaels from NBC to ESPN. That would be a heck of a combo. But if if Peyton Manning is going to be in the booth for ESPN on Monday night, I don't want Al Michaels there either. What Al Michaels and Chris Collins would have on NBC on Sunday night is just iconic for Sunday night football. Like those two together, why would you you mix that up? You know what I mean? NBC was Al Michaels and John Madden for the longest time. Throwing in Chris Collinsworth was kind of a big deal as well. Like, ah, do we really like this guy? Some people don't. I personally love him. Watching Sunday Night Football with those two talking, I feel like I learn a lot. I get a lot of excitement. It's usually a decent game. So if you have this for Monday Night with or with Peyton Manning, excuse me, being in the booth for ESPN, let's get a guy in there that's going to keep him talking and keep everything rolling. And personally, I would be excited to see Peyton Manning in the booth. I just don't know how well it's going to be. Like, what are we looking for? What do we want from Peyton Manning that we're potentially not getting from Tony Romo? Like, what's the difference in that going to be? And maybe that's the plus for Tony Romo getting in the booth before Peyton Manning. Yeah, for sure. Uh, one of who would be, a, and maybe it's just me just talking, but uh, a guy that I'd really like him comboing up with is Jeff Saturday, his former center. Oh, those guys used to talk. I remember watching like uh, Pro Bowls and those two would always like be like doing interviews together and stuff. And they were just like two peas in a pod, man. Like they they seemed like they genuinely liked each other and could talk all day, like just being friends and stuff like that. I could see that working. And you just have I mean, huge risk by ESPN of having two guys that literally have just never done it before. But at the same time, I also think it could be just dynamite. Who's the guy that's in there now? Not Alex Tessator? Yeah. I like him. I personally do. I like the way – I like his voice. I like the way he does the play-by-play. It's just you got Booger in there, man. And then the year before, Jason Witten just didn't help himself or him or anybody really. And then you go to Booger. It's just – I don't know. He's Alex Tessator has been put in a position – to just not be like due to his co-host or co-analyst, color analyst that's been there with him. But if you put Peyton Manning in there, I think that changes a big time. Oh, for sure. It absolutely does. So that'll be interesting to see just because these guys are starting to get paid ridiculous amounts of money. My wife was asking me, she's like, I was watching, I was watching the Clippers Lakers game on Sunday. And she's like, how much do the commentators get paid? And I'm like, well, funny you ask that because uh, one guy just got paid $17 million a year for football, and reports are the next guy is going to get paid $20 million, And um, But there's a whole bunch of guys that don't get paid nearly close to that. So, I mean, that, I'm like, it just all depends on who you are. So, uh, But speaking of also getting paid, Byron Jones, he's clearly not going to be back with Dallas. And the reports are that he is going to be probably paid in the $18 million range. Uh, why I'm pointing that out is not because – He's going to be the highest-paid cornerback right there. But also, we had this talk a few weeks ago. I'd say probably a month ago now. We talked about who's going to be the highest-paid corner and how much are they going to get paid. And we had this conversation. We were talking. You said Slay at $18 million. Or I think you actually said $16 million. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I said Ramsey will reach $20 million, and you called me crazy. And I'm starting to feel a little bit more comfortable with that prediction. I just think that's just outrageous money. I mean, 
great for them. I don't want to sit here and say they don't deserve it. These guys work their entire lives for it. For sure. But $18 million a year for a corner. I know. How quickly are they going to get roasted the first time they get burnt? Oh, all the time, dude. All the time. It's just like a quarterback that doesn't win a game. That's true. But, I mean, is Byron Jones at 28 years old in his in his prime now, but will be coming out of it by the end of the contract? Is he sure. worth this? No, he's absolutely not worth that. 100% is not worth it. So who pays it then? I mean, some team's going to be stupid enough to do it. Is it the Jets who are eating up 12? Giants. Really? I'm sticking in the NFC East. So, um, and I, I think the Eagles will find a way to that they have to pay other positions or other people that they're not going to be able to pay that top dollar for him. So I'm going to say the Giants. I can see it happening. <laughs> um, a few other things. Uh, sounds like the Saints are interested in Jamie Collins, uh, the linebacker for the New England Patriots. So that will be interesting to see. I, they they always just have some like freaky athletic linebackers, so it uh, makes sense there. Also, they put a first-round tender on um, Taysom Hill, so uh, he's not going to go anywhere because nobody's going to pay a first-round pick to sign him. So there's that. Uh, and then the other one, which I saw you tweet about a few times this weekend, so I just need you to just talk about it, and that's the L.A. Rams logo. Go oh ahead, I'm going to let you go because you, you went off on Twitter, and I, I'm just going to let you have your moment here. I mean, it's just fucking hideous. Who the hell decided, like, hey, let's put this on everything that resembles and relates and showcases the Los Angeles Rams? The fact that you have some people going, it looks like a combo of the Rams and the Chargers logo. That's not a good look. That's not a good idea. And I tweeted the person who probably made this design or approved this design for this logo might be the same person who approved the other hideous hat designs from last year's NFL draft, which we pretty much started at on our episodes and really kind of took off on. Who the hell approved this? It's freaking hideous. It doesn't make any sense. First, a color scheme comes out that looks different. I feel like your color scheme's fine. You go back to the blue and yellow. You are there in Los Angeles. You are Hollywood. Blue and yellow, the L.A. Rams. Make your logo the old logo as well. Kind of the old, the whole ram head that's kind of like at an upward angle and it looks like it's screaming or hollering or whatever the fuck a ram does. Why change it to whatever it is now? I don't know who designed it. I mean, somebody spent a long time. I don't, maybe they didn't spend long. Maybe they just went to like some logo site and decided Ram, and then they put L.A., and then they hovered it over it and said, shit, not bad. Let's slap some colors in there. Let's make this blue a little darker. Let's make this silver yellow something totally different, and let's present it. You know what this is? This is someone who did the project at the last minute, but then somehow succeeded and got the A and was picked. No, no preparation, no thought of like, no like plan of action, just like a fuck. This is due tomorrow. This is a group project. Where's the rest of my group? Ain't got time to figure it out. What are the guidelines? Where does it need to be turned in that? And what time? And that's exactly what it did. And that board's like, shit, this last one we looked at, 
fuck it. This is the one we want. That's exactly how this logo feels on what they did. I almost guarantee that was the process, too. It's a weird fucking analogy, dude. Because I don't, I don't I don't, get what you're trying to say. Is that He got an A, but you mean A equals they approved it? Is that what you're saying? Like, they selected it. Like Yeah. Because it's fucking trash, so it's clearly not an A. That's, that's exactly my point. Well, tragic cotton. All right. Maybe so still doesn't make sense. No, I mean it, it worked. I understood what you were trying to say. I it, I was confused there for I don't know probably five five to ten seconds of the story. Um, I had to like come back around to catch up to then where you were at, what chapter you were on. But I figured it out. I might have been the only one. If you you probably weren't. <laughs> um, other one. <laughs> Uh, Trey Turner and uh, Russell Okun, just a straight-up trade uh, guard, all-pro guard from the Carolina Panthers, and then the former all-pro and pro bowler, uh, I actually don't know if he's ever all-pro, but pro bowler uh, left tackle Russell Okun from the Chargers. You don't very often see trades of just two players of that caliber just swapped in the NFL. You just don't see it very often. So um, overall, I think it's, you know, good for both. I actually like it more for the Chargers because you kind of felt like they were thinking about moving on from Okun anyway. So, but now you just get an all pro guard just to put on in there for your running game and to protect whoever your quarterback is. And now you're not paying your left tackle this ridiculous amount of some money. Maybe now they consider going a left tackle early in the draft at six. If uh, all these players, good, high-quality players at quarterback or stud defensive players are gone by pick six. Yeah, and you're going from the Panthers there, correct? No, that's the Chargers. So the Chargers. I'm going to go stick to the Panthers. They look like they might be in a full mode of just tanking. I know we've seen reports come out this. Matt said it. Matt Miller came out and said it, too, that it looks like the Carolina Panthers are fully preparing to just tank for Trevor Lawrence. Some seems like a good idea. If you move on from Cam Newton, maybe you find a way to just trade him to the Chargers, a team that we've both discussed on being a good fit. You already got somewhat of a relationship anyways with the recent trade. Let's just kind of keep this relationship going, and we'll send you Cam Newton as well. Maybe we'll take like a third, fourth round pick. I don't think he's going to draw a high price tag. That might seem kind of crazy, but just injuries, he's getting older, his style of play, what the Chargers are wanting to do. That To me, that makes sense for the Panthers, and you can just kind of build on this. In case you're not the number one pick next year, you have trade, you have picks to move up. You have more leverage to do what you want to prepare for next year, and this year you just get through. The Chargers, they dealt with a lot of injuries last year along their offensive line. Therese, we talked to a reporter from the Chargers, their lead reporter, um, and he was like, you know, that was just kind of the biggest hindrance was just the amount of guys that went down on the offensive line and how much it affected things, so... Maybe this is a move for them in the right direction on getting more consistently healthy guys that will help them going forward and kind of what their plan of action is. <clears throat> Excuse me. I will say if they want to tank for Trevor, they have to get rid of Cam Newton. Like, there's no way they can go in with Cam Newton and be like, yeah, we hope we're tanking. Cam Newton will win you a couple games. I'm not saying Cam Newton's going to lead you to the playoffs because I just don't know if he's that guy anymore. But he absolutely will win you a couple games that will get you out of that. You will be the Dolphins of last year where you were hoping for that, <clears throat> and then you end up fifth overall. 
that I mean that just raises the question on where the hell does Cam Newton go? I mean it's just God, I love it, but it's so stressful at the same time. Of like, why can't we just know already? <laughs> like I'm all ready for football season next year, and we've just started the off season. Let's go ahead to the next one. Quentin Williams arrested with a gun at an airport. E. What are you doing, man? People are dumb. Like, what an idiot. What, I mean, what are you doing with the gun anyways? And let's say you forgot about it. Oh, I mean, what are you doing with it anyway? Like, you're in New York. Like, you just got drafted. Are you already in a situation where you need to be carrying a gun? So his permit was for Alabama. And he thought that it just, like, went for all states. And this was, it was in his backpack, correct? Yeah. So he was like, oh, I have a permit in Alabama, so I'm good. I can carry this in any state. That was his thought. <laughs> and you want to know what? He's such a child that I'm like, well, no, he probably honestly did think that. <laughs> probably didn't realize that uh, cool. you need a permit for every state. Bless me. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, Quinn! Like, come on, brother. Do you have any other thoughts you want to add to this? Besides- no, we just had to bring it up because I thought it was a funny story. That's that's all. I just thought, dude, any time that a player gets arrested for stupid shit like this, I just we just need to get a, get a good laugh out of it. I just want to hear their truth. Like, I want to hear them explain their thought process. Yeah, puts the bag through the scanner. They stop him and go, sir. And a, and literally handcuff him, and he he's like, what what went wrong? Like, what did he say? I need to know. <laughs> Love it. Did he I, think like, <laughs> why are you handcuffing me? I didn't do anything wrong, sir. There's literally a gun in your bag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a permitted in Alabama. <laughs> is there is there a problem? I it's not on me. <laughs> I don't have it. <laughs> you do. It's in your fucking bag through security. <laughs> That's why we have this. Totally. All right. Okay. Enough of it. All yeah. right. We got, we got two divisions to hurry and go through. We got we got free agent talk here. Um, final four divisions right now. We'll go through two of them today, two of them later uh, in our next episode next week. So let's start off with the Chargers. We were just talking about them. We've actually had to talk about them quite a bit this episode with some of their signings and whatnot. Uh, they obviously need an offensive tackle. They obviously need a quarterback. They need a running back. I mean, but I none of the like I actually think they're gonna take a lot of those types of guys in the draft. Like those are prime positions to take during the draft. So defensive line, they they need defensive linemen. Um, what else do they need? Like, I could see a Vic Beasley going here for me. Like, I know they have two very good defensive ends, but I could see, like you mentioned this last episode, and I totally agree with you. Uh, Vic Beasley could go off of like a very small, like one year deal, might have to prove it type deal. So like, it won't hurt to be the number three pass rusher in that defense, especially the way they like to move, uh, Melvin Ingram around. Sometimes they can have him standing in the middle, in the middle of the field and rushing right up the center and still have all three of them. So if they want to do that, Gus Bradley is very good at being creative like that. So I could see that. <coughs> um, 
Another guy I could see is um like a Marcus Gold Goldston or Golden, sorry, Golden. He's very good. They do need that defensive tackle though. Um and so what I also was thinking was uh Ashawn Robinson. I could see them trying to get a bigger body guy right up the middle again because they have the defensive ends. So I could see them wanting to go there. And then the question, the big question is, is tight end, right? Like, what are they going to do at tight end? Hunter Henry is most likely gone. So then you have to start wondering, like, what, where are some guys that could end up going there? And uh, I know I've already brought him up, and I'm trying not to use guys multiple times, but like an Eric Ebron seems like a good fit in this offense as well. Yeah, so if I'm the Chargers, my first plan of action this offseason is to find a way to keep Hunter Henry. You saw the production he was able to produce last year. Coming back from an injury, uh, you got to keep that rolling. Now, I like where you went for the defensive side of the ball. They need help at defensive tackle. I'm thinking two names. Older guys, not going to cost as much money, but can take up space and are huge. Ndamukong Sue or Gerald McCoy. One of those two options I think is good. Um, I also think they probably need help at the linebacker position. Um, just mainly in the middle. I mean, who was the linebacker from Thomas from Carolina last year. He's like 36 years old. Not really helping you so much there in the middle of your defense being that old. You really need someone, a middle linebacker. You've already said, you know, we don't like using multiple names, but if you're looking to spend some type of money on a linebacker, Joe Schobert, maybe that's a guy you can get. You can kind of steal him away from some of the other teams in your division that clearly need a middle linebacker as well. We've just seen the Raiders release Whitehead. Is that someone they're maybe targeting? Do you steal him from them? There's just a lot of possibilities for these guys to go to, and there's plenty of things for the Chargers to do. But if I'm them, I think you need to get more size in the middle of your defensive line and find a way to keep that tight end. And if you're going to go quarterback, if you don't get Cam Newton, I think Teddy Bridgewater is the guy. I don't think you should go with Tyrod Taylor. We've seen him, what he can do. He's an inconsistent play. Teddy appears to be very healthy now. We've seen what he can do. We saw him before the injury. We've seen him after the injury. Let's go ahead and bring him in. Maybe you have a quarterback for the next couple of years, or if you don't like, or if you do want to ride with Tyrod, see what you have with Easton. But I think the Chargers are in a spot where if they can stay healthy, they're going to compete. But if you don't have a quarterback that you trust or can compete with, you've kind of shot yourself in the foot on what this next year potentially could be for you losing your quarterback and the star running back that you once had. Yeah, I don't disagree with you there. Um, let's move on to the next team, which is the Las Vegas Raiders. Let's not get that mistake in there. So for me, uh, we kind of just talked about it linebacker. We think that they, that's really where they could go during the draft. So I'm not, I'm going to stay away from linebacker there. Um, so let's talk about, um, other positions, even though I still think they could go wide receiver there, but I think they also have enough needs at wide receiver. They could be signing other players as well. Um, guy that came to my mind was Randall Cobb. I think that he could be a nice little fit into that offense. Uh, he, had, you know, very versatile type guy um, and would be looking for a short term term deal. Um, obviously at him, I think he's 29 now, might be 30 during the season. Uh, I, I just feel like that could be a good fit there. Uh, cornerback, we talked about him already today, Tremaine Johnson. Now that he got released, why not go to Oakland? Go to, or sorry, to Vegas. I literally just messed that up. As I said, we can't mess that up. Why not go to Vegas, uh, go with the Raiders, and um, you could get back into, you know, 
that West Coast area that you you are used to there. Um, and then the question is running back. They're they're very strange at running back because obviously they have Josh Jacobs who's going to be their workhorse, and they have other guys like Washington there. But I all, I still feel like they need another guy there, um, and not so much like a pass catcher. I actually feel like they need like a bigger body guy, maybe to take just even five carries away from Jacobs per per game four to five just to keep him fresh keep him at that 18 touches per game rather than the 23 um and so the guy that came to my mind was carlos hyde uh he's been around the block quite a bit lately as you and i both know he's been on both of our teams um i could just see a carlos hyde going there knowing hey let's just get like at this point in his career it's just probably two like one or two year deals left in his career of just getting paid like just go somewhere that'll you know, pay you as much as you possibly could get right now. Absolutely. So if I'm the Raiders, I actually think they're fine with Jacobs. I think last year they struggled with trying to figure out, do we want to make him the workhorse now? Do we just kind of want to see the production? He was dealing with an injury, but at one point, I mean, he was almost the rookie of the year without going with that injury at the end of the year. 100%. I'm not saying he can't be the guy. No, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Injury is what concerns me. Yep, Absolutely. Uh, receiver, I think they're definitely wanting help there. They got some, they got some guys that they can rely on, but someone that I, you know, a name that I've mentioned to go into other teams, but that makes sense here for me is Rashad Perriman. I think that's a good size speed receiver that, you know, you can rely on for Derek Carr. But last year, man, we saw them really give up a lot of defensive players. Um, they get, they traded their best corner Conley away middle of the year. And they just kind of went away from that. So if I'm really looking at this team and the free agencies that are the free agents that are available, excuse me, I think they need to go defense heavy and especially secondary heavy. And one of those is going to be Darquez Denard, cornerback from Cincinnati, and then another one is Brian Poole, another young corner who's about to be entering in his prime. Just get some guys in that you know can play the position that you can trust. I think another safety is Troy Hill. Get someone back there with um, Jonathan Abram. Let these guys, like, yeah, you're going to have a new secondary. You're going to have guys that you just bought. But, but, dang, what you had before wasn't working, so you got to do something. You're going to a new city. You don't want to disappoint in the first year. You have a possibility of making noise in the AFC West. You were quietly kind of getting things figured out last year on the offensive side of the ball. It was just on the defense where it really wasn't picking up its weight. So if I'm the Raiders, this is kind of where I'm heading. Um, and, yeah, I think they're going to be somewhat surprising next year on how well they are. Yeah, that's fair. All right, next team, the Denver Broncos. Uh, and here's my thoughts on the Broncos. I think that they've actually started to do a very good job of drafting on the offense. And then I also think that John Elway is probably like, one well, know what, when we went to the Super Bowl, that defense was built not off the draft, was off of free agents. Like they were a whole bunch of free agent guys and that built that defense. So I could see him doing the same thing. Let's try to build the defense through free agency. Let's build the offense through the draft. Uh, first things that came to mind was uh, linebacker. Um, and I I can't pronounce, I don't remember. Is it Nigel uh, Bradham? Is that his name? The guy from the Eagles? Uh, you, you, I'm probably botching his name. It's fine. I know who I'm talking Nigel, about. Nigel Bradham. Is that his name? I I don't. I honestly don't have it in front of me. I. It was just like, hey, I remember him, and it's fine. Don't worry about it. I mean, um, I'm looking at it right now. I think it's Nigel Bradham. Okay, yes. I was it's close Bradham, enough. Bradham, 
but I think it's Bradham. I was close then. I'll take it. Um, <laughs> but I also think they may need multiple helps at linebacker. So I also could see them with uh, Vic Fangio's defense. I could see a guy like Alec Ogletree wanting to go there and just being kind of the middle of that defense, obviously having the pass rushers in Chubb and in Von Miller. Who knows? I mean, their defensive backs, they obviously now have A.J. Boye. Are they going to have Chris Harris? Most likely not, but we'll see there. Uh, and me assuming that they don't have uh, Chris Harris because they're going to have to probably release some cap space. Uh, Prince of Mukamura, who we mentioned got released from the Bears, he could want to go back and meet up with Vic Mangio. So maybe have a re- little reunion there at cornerback. Um, and then they obviously need offensive line help. And honestly, they probably build that through the draft as well. Um, like I said, just through, I think that they try to build that offense through the draft. So, but I mean, there's plenty of little guys, or, or I shouldn't say little guys, they're offensive linemen, but plenty of guys that they could go with uh, in free agency. Even like a Jason Peters, if they wanted to uh, move Bowles inside, uh, obviously he's struggling mightily at left tackle. If they wanted to try to move him to guard, a guy like Jason Peters could be a fit. Yep. The Now the Broncos, they're in an interesting situation because new young quarterback, we watched Cortland Sutton develop into a number one receiver, something that I was pounding the table on all last year. Noah Fant, tight ends are significantly better their second year in the league. They kind of got everything figured out, the blocking-wise, route-wise, getting off the block and into the route. Now, you kind of put yourself in a situation on, who do we have as a number two receiver? I think that's where they go in the draft. I think they go find that in the draft. You have a number one receiver in Cortland Sutton. You have a number two target and a tight end for Fant. And you have somewhat of a decent running back with Philip Lindsay. Now, is that going to be your workhorse? Are you still trying to figure that out? Your one-two punch there. But if I'm them, let's focus on our defense. We got talent there, but you're in a situation where how much money do we want to spend? Eli Apple is a young corner coming off contract with the Saints after being traded from the Giants. Depending on what he's asking for, I think this is a good spot for him. I think it's going to be a good place for him to play. It's just really going to, like I said, depend on how much he's asking for. And then another guy that might be asking for a lot of money, Michael Pierce, the defensive tackle from Baltimore. If Baltimore isn't able to keep him, I think this is a guy that can plug it up. And then speaking of linebacker trees in Chicago with Prince of Mukamara, what about Danny Trevatham? Ooh, yeah, I like 30, that. 30-year-old inside linebacker, bring that in. You got a thumper in the middle, and you kind of roll from there. I think that's a good spot. If they do this in free agency, and they do well in the draft, and they hit well in offensive line, and you get a number two receiver, and you maybe get a running back that can be your primary guy instead of going back and forth on kind of what you want to do. This might be ideal for the Denver Broncos, a team that quietly plays second in the AFC West. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I'll now on to your team and the Super Bowl champions, Kansas City Chiefs. So I've been going first for all of these. I'm going to let you go on this one. Uh, you know this team inside and out. You know them way better than I could even, even if I did my research. So I'm actually going to sit back and just listen and learn. <laughs> All right, well, here we go. Number one, are you keeping Chris Jones? As of late, it's kind of looking like they might just franchise tag and trade him, which is going to be tough. Do they trust his production in the running game as well as the passing game? We know he's a significantly better pass rusher as a defensive tackle, but those guys just don't seem to get paid. We know the price tag that he's asking for, and the Chiefs are in a position of 
If we keep Jones, we're going to pay him a ton of money. We have a ton of money in Frank Clark and the Honey Badger. We also got to pay Patrick Mahomes. So where's all this money going? I think what the Chiefs do in the draft is go after a receiver. I know that's going to sound crazy, but you're about to lose Demarcus Robinson. You're probably going to release or trade Sammy Watkins. So the only receiver you have or targets for Mahomes is going to be Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. After that, it's going to be McCole Hardman, Byron Pringle, who was an undrafted free agent who's kind of working his way up the ranks, Gearag Dieter, which is the best friend of Patrick Mahomes, and then you don't have much. So if you're the Chiefs, I think in the draft, you probably attack receiver earlier than a lot of people will think. Defensive side of the ball, you really don't have any corners. You're probably not going to be signing back Kendall Fuller. So in my mind, I think a Trey Waynes or a Logan Ryan – Kind of older players that might not be asking for a ton of money, but guys that you know can put up production. Uh, James Bradbury, I think he might be asking for a little bit too much money. I'm really just kind of tossing out names that could potentially come help this team out straight from the gun. Like, you know they're going to come in and make somewhat of a difference. If they can find a way to keep Rashad Breland, that's another name I would like. And if you lose Chris Jones, you're definitely going to need help along the defensive tackle. And that's where I'm just kind of like, who are some of these guys that Brett Beach is just going to find and absolutely adore and love. Marcel Darius, defensive tackle from Jacksonville. Is this a guy that can come in, line up next to Derek Nottie or Mike Pinnell, and just keep a depth? Is that someone they can just kind of plug and play and they can go from there? They love their defensive end. They like to get guys that they can come in, another plug-and-play type players. And just looking at these free agents here, Robert Quinn, he's older. Is there a possibility he comes in and does well? Michael Brockers from the Rams as well. And just some guys that don't have big names and aren't going to attract a ton of money and will come in on a one-year prove-it deal and make some noise, like an Emmanuel Ogba, an Alex Okafor. Can guys like that come in and produce and be just fine if the Chiefs happen to lose Chris Jones? Those are like five or six players right there that I think will come in and kind of help them with Brett Beach and the Chiefs moving forward to go win back-to-back Super Bowls. Thank you very much. <laughs> Next. What do you think they would get out of uh, Chris Jones? I mean, the old Brett Veach special, second-round pick. I think they could get a first-round pick out of him. You really think so? Yeah, I really do. Like a late first-round pick. From who? I don't, I mean, know. I don't have AFC. somebody off the top of my head, but I think that he's such a difference maker that you could. So, I mean, you're probably right on second rounder. Like, that's the most realistic thing. I mean, like, what, there's three sign-in trades on on uh, franchise tag players last year, and all three of them became second round picks. One of them, D Ford. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, the Chiefs, they traded away their first for Frank Clark. They did, absolutely. So, it'll be interesting to see. I don't know. We'll have, to ch- we'll have to keep an eye out on that one. I mean, you broke it down enough. I'm not going to go into it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're going to just move on to the 49ers and the NFC West. So, okay. <clears throat> 49ers, biggest needs, safety, um, wide receiver if Emmanuel Sanders leaves, and then uh, I think they still need depth at linebacker for how beat up they were. Uh, obviously, Quan Alexander had a great year. Uh, Fred Warner had a great year. But, like, they didn't have a lot of depth after that. 
So um, for linebacker, what about um, Mikhail uh, Kendricks? Uh, he was a former Seahawk player. It seems like a lot of former Seahawks go to the Niners. Uh, him and Sherman have this relationship. Sherman might be like, hey, we're there. Like, you saw how close we were to the Super Bowl. We just need a little bit more. We need somebody that can try to hopefully guard tight ends and whatnot. And so I could see that. And then safety, safety is the tough one. Um, you could see someone like, do they just bring back a Jimmy Ward? Uh, do they bring in a Devin McCourty who was with the Patriots this year? Uh, he's an older guy, but maybe that does it. Uh, Anthony Harris is a solid player for the Vikings. Um, and then haha Clinton Dix, if they want somebody that can kind of be the thumper. So uh, those are three of the safeties that came to my mind. I like it. Uh, let me go ahead and bounce off this with you here. Linebacker Corey Littleton, that's not a name you mentioned, is it? Not today. Uh, no. Okay. No. Uh, Dante Fowler. I know they, you know, if you lose our, or Eric Armstead or our, however you pronounce his first name, Eric Armstead, if you happen to lose him, you're going to want edge. You know, you're going to want pressure on the outside. Uh, Corey Littleton and Dante Fowler, I think, are guys that could come in and do that. Receiver-wise, Robbie Anderson. They're going to send him all the way across the nation. Say, hey, we might be losing Sanders, a guy that we know can get open off his route running, and we might be moving on from Goodwin because he's just not really playing. Yeah. And we have Debo Samuel. There's our reliable guy. We can get a big receiver in the draft. Let's go ahead and get some speed here, some veteranism here, and move forward. Those are kind of the three guys that I think we could come in and just dramatically help this team moving forward. And you one, said Anthony Harris. I like that a lot, too. One of who else I like at wide receiver, because I kind of I said wide receiver and then didn't name anybody, Rashard Higgins, the wide receiver for the Cleveland Browns. Oh. He always is making plays. He's always that number three there behind, obviously, Odell Beckham and Landry. Uh, I know that a lot of Browns fans love him and want him back. But he could be a guy that's ready to step up into a two, number two role while Debo Samuel's trying to step up into a number one role. That makes a lot of sense. That's probably a guy Kyle Shanahan's looking at. It's like, bring him in, please. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for, <coughs> Sorry. Next team, Seattle Seahawks. Um, the biggest thing for me is just defensive end. If they lose Clowney, they're going to need a defensive end. And a guy that I, I'm, I mean, it's supposed to be free agent. I'm going to call it a free agent. Why not just trade your first round pick for Yanni Kingakwe? Damn it! You stole the words out of my mouth. <laughs> what? Well, like we can call it a free agent. You can call it a draft. Whatever you want. Um, it sounds like Clowney really wants to go to New York. Sounds like he actually wants to be a giant, but I don't. But he also has said that like he's not going to like take any sort of pay cut to go with any team. Like. I'm getting top dollar, so we'll see there. Um, it's probably time to start thinking about linebacker uh, with this team. Bobby Wagner's not getting any younger. Either is uh, K.J. Wright. Like both of those guys are. So um, I could see them going with a linebacker. Um, and then they still need a cornerback. They're pretty good at cornerback, but I could see them needing to go corner or uh, safety in that position. So I was thinking James Bradbury would be a pretty good fit there as well. Nice, sir. Uh, you go off safety. I'll run from there. Trey Boston, 
28-year-old out of Carolina. Uh, another edge rusher outside of Yannick, since you decided to take that from me. Screw you. Jamie Collins. Or a Vic Beasley. Maybe he comes in on a one-year deal, prove-it deal. But I just feel like if you're the Seahawks, you just lost Frank Clark. You traded for Jadeveon Clowney. If you lose him, I mean, those are two premier-type defensive ends that you are losing. Yeah. Tough spot to be in, but I feel like you need to find a way to either keep Jadeveon Clowney or just trade for Yannick Ngakwe. Because, I mean, last year they went from, like, what, three picks to 11 in the NFL draft with all the trades that they made. This year, let's just go get guys that we know can play. We have money to make it happen and help out our offense by keeping teams off the field. Yeah, I actually, yeah, totally agree there. Um, let's move on to the Rams. This one might be a little bit quicker because uh, they don't really have any money to do anything <laughs> and don't have any picks to do anything. So I'm going to just stick with one thing, and this will help them clear up cap space and might make them a better team. Uh-oh. You find a way to get Todd Gurley contract off your books. Whatever you have to do there. I don't care. Like just do what you need to do. And then you go and sign Kareem Hunt. Oh, shit. And you let Kareem Hunt be your running back for the LA Rams moving forward. Imagine. Wow. Like look what Todd Gurley did a few years ago, right? That's what Kareem Hunt is now. You don't have, you're going to pay him a lot less, and he will be healthy, and he can do everything that Todd Gurley can do. And he's not hurt. Fantastic after the after contact. Man, I can't help but look at that and just go, like, what if he was still in Kansas City? I mean, I've been saying this on radio for weeks. Just They probably go undefeated last year, even with Patrick Mahomes being hurt. Yeah, it's... It, that's a tough pill to swallow that like you had him and you had to, but they had to do it right like they had oh to yeah i mean yeah it's a tough situation to be in you really hate to see it if that goes for the rams good you need help on offensive line you don't have any money you don't have any freaking picks who can you get that might be willing to take someone of a little of the deal jason peters i mean you're moving off from whitworth Go from one old bastard to the next, <laughs> and just hopefully you get some protection. Uh, Kelvin Beecham, another guy from the Jets. Do you want someone from the Jets offensive line coming to your team? I don't know if you really have a freaking choice because you don't have any money. But I'm stuck on that Kareem Hunt going there after getting rid of Gurley, and that makes fantastic sense for them. Yeah. Um, tweet I, that, really. I what? You need to tweet that like ASAP. I really want that to happen because I just think that would be just such a fun fit for that offense. Could you imagine Goff without the pressure there? You have Woods. You have um, Cooks. Your tight end Higby came out of nowhere and really stepped up. Um, mm-hmm. Cooper, Cup, Cooper Cup's obviously just a stud slot receiver. And then you have someone like Kareem Hunt and – who was uh, Henderson out of Memphis, right? That's who they drafted last yep. year, like the third or fourth round. Mm-hmm. Um, dude, what an offense. And then you have guys like Donald and Ramsey on the defense. You find a way to keep Littleton. Dude, that's it. A- is Kareem Hunt? He's not a free agent. Yes, he is. 
Is he really? Yeah, didn't they sign him to a one-year deal? Oh, yeah, I guess he was released. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're trading Gurley, who are you trading him to? <clears throat> I mean, I know we've talked about the Lions. We've but... talked about the Lions, right? But I that's actually a good question. We should, we should break that down and just say – who, Let's go over that next episode. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We will break that down because what are, what are teams that need running back that might be willing to pay that? Um, all right. Let's move on to this next one, which is the Arizona Cardinals. Um, so I think that they need a tight end for this, this offense. Um, so do they get into that um, Austin Hooper range? So um, – that this is the team that I said I was going to hold him off to. This is the team. I think that this really? would be. I think this would be a very good fit. So they want another wide, big time wide receiver, right? So, but maybe they don't need it, right? They took a lot of wide receivers last year. Hakeem Butler didn't play. Uh, Andy Isabella made a few huge plays last year, but still he was hurt. You have Fitzgerald for one more year. You have Christian Kirk, and then if you get somebody up the middle there to go with. Kenyon Drake, who ran the ball very well, I think you got a lot of good weapons on that offense. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with that. Um, and then linebacker, you said it, and it's a guy that I really, really want the Jags to go after, and I honestly think that they have enough cap space that they're going to. But uh, Corey Littleton, I think that staying in the division there, I think he would be a great fit at linebacker for this team. Though, again, I hope that the Jags find a way to uh, – sign him up but we're not there yet (laughs) when i look at this team i think offensive line and then defense your secondary i think is developing i think if you want to get another corner if you keep patrick peterson or deciding to move on i know it's a name i've already said today but eli apple a young corner that you know can play and will come in and help you directly and immediately I think that makes sense. I think Eric Ebron, this is a potential landing spot for him at tight end. You know, a guy that's not going to require a lot of money, but someone you know can block and help the running game and that read option that they run. Bud Dupree to go opposite side of Chandler Jones. Do you want that much money along the defensive line? You know, that's something you have to decide. But back to offensive line, I'm thinking two guards. If he decides to not retire, Anthony Costanzo, I think is a good fit here, helping offensive line that just, is unable to stay healthy. Hopefully, Costanzo can stay healthy a year as well to help out. And maybe another guy in Graham Glasgow, a name that neither of us have said, I don't think at all. 25, 26-year-old guard, ready to come in. Let's see what you can do. Can you help this team out and move forward from there? Like You just need help along the offensive line. We've already discussed that. It's pretty well known around the rest of the, excuse me, around the rest of the league as well. Make it happen. Help Kyler Murray. Help that offense. I think you're fine at running back. I think you're good at receiver, especially with Larry Fitzgerald coming back. Christian Kirk is developing into that role. The defensive side of the ball is really where it's going to come, and you got to hit everything in the draft. If they do that, this team is going to be making a lot of noise in the NFC West. More than a lot of people realize. Yes, that for sure. That's all I have to say there. <laughs> this division is going to be a lot of fun next year. I think that you're going to have three – elite teams and then you're going to have an up-and-coming team that just teams just don't want to face because they're going to have speed they're going to be creative and they're going to be hard to stop so like the the thing with the uh sorry with the cardinals is 
are they going to have a defense to stop anybody? Mm-hmm. So, yep. All right. I think that does it for tonight. Uh, we will be back with the AFC South and NFC South next episode, which is going to come out later this week. And then any other news that breaks over the next couple of days. So thanks everybody for tuning in. And tonight we've been talking football. Mm-hmm.